You are listening to the Military Technology Podcast. Hey guys, what is up? This is the Military Technology Podcast, and I am your host, Seth Chamberlain. And it's our first episode. I'm super excited. And for this first few minutes, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is about. And as the name suggests, it's about military technology. Um, military technology, we're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about tanks. We're going to talk about airplanes. We're going to talk about warships. We're going to talk about the GPS. And we're going to talk about new stuff. And we're going to talk about old stuff. And we're going to talk about everything in between. And I am really excited about this podcast. And I hope you will enjoy it. And I hope that I'll have fun doing it, which I already am. So it's already a win. (laughs) So for our first episode, I thought we would do something interesting and also something that was kind of basic, but I don't want to say basic because it's interesting. And that is assault rifle. What does, what is an assault rifle and where does it come from? Um, so when you hear the word assault rifle, what goes into your head? Because for me, the first thing that pops up in my head is the AK-47. And for most of you listening, that's probably what came into your head when I said the word assault rifle. And this is probably, in my opinion, the first mass-produced true assault rifle. Now, there are plenty of weapons leading up to that point, which we will talk about in this episode. But... Like I said before, that was probably the turning point in uh, military weapons in the way of guns of assault rifles. And so we'll start there. So we'll start at the very beginning of assault rifle lineage. And so many believe the first assault rifle was the Browning BAR. And the Browning BAR, or Browning Automatic Rifle, showed up on the Western Front in the First World War. And its job was to provide troops with a gun that could produce a high rate of fire that wasn't a machine gun. Because machine guns at that time were water-cooled, they were very heavy, and they were um, hard to move around. And it took three or four men to shoot these machine guns. And... When troops would go across no man's land in the First World War, they'd have no um, guns that could shoot a high rate of fire when they were attacking. But the other side, the defending side, would have machine guns, which put these troops at a disadvantage. And so the solution was the BAR. And the BAR was essentially a super rifle that's the word i'll say and that term is just basically it's a rifle that's like huge it's just an oversized rifle but it did its job um it shot uh the 30-06 round at fully automatic fire or semi-automatic fire which is why some believe it to be the first assault rifle and that's the bar and 
the next weapon to come after that that led to the assault rifle. Um, I'll just throw in this quick one. I think it's the M1 Grand. And it doesn't really correlate, but the M1 Grand was the world's first true semi-automatic rifle. And I think that this helped the assault rifle develop um, just as much as the BAR. This showed that a gun could be a semi-automatic gun. didn't have to be fully automatic, too. And that's just my opinion. I don't know if the M1 Garand really had anything to do with assault rifle development, but I think it's important to point out. The next gun is kind of an unusual one that some people might not think of. I kind of thought of it when I thought of the word assault rifle, and that was the Bren gun. And the Bren gun is kind of interesting. Um, it's distinguished by a magazine that is fed from the top of the gun. It's a banana magazine that is um, fed from the top of the weapon. It is a, like the BAR, it is a support weapon. Um, like the BAR, it is meant for troops advancing to have um, high rate of fire. But unlike the BAR, it had a higher magazine capacity and it was very accurate and it was a little easier to carry around. Um, this gun showed up at 1930, in 1937, which is pretty early if you ask me for assault rifle development. Um, but the next gun is where we really kind of get interesting. So the Germans were kind of the lead developers, in my opinion, of the assault rifle and the true assault rifle. And before that time, they had, before... The first assault rifles came out. You had the, um, uh, like I said before, the semi-automatic rifles. You had the M1 Grand. You had the M1 Carbine. You had the Gear 43. And those were some of the weapons that kind of led to assault rifle development. Weapons that were semi-automatic um, that could, yeah, shoot, <laughs> basically. So the Germans, the first gun that the Germans developed, I'd say early assault rifles, was the FG-42. This weapon came out in 1942, and like the BR, 20-round magazine. But the big main difference between this gun and guns before is the ammunition shot. So for an assault rifle, the classification I'll say is the brown is somewhere in between a rifle round and a pistol round it falls somewhere in the middle and that's what this gun shot it shot a mauser round or then sorry it did not shoot a mauser round it shot a round that was somewhere in between those rifle and pistol cartridges making it um, the first I won't say true assault rifle but the closest up to that point. Um, the next weapon came out in 1943, and that is the Machine Pistol 43. Um, so this, in my opinion, is the world's first true assault rifle. And like most modern assault rifles, it had a 30-round magazine. Um, its rounds, again, was somewhere in between a rifle and a pistol round. Um, it has a pistol grip, so it's not a traditional rifle grip. Grip. Um, 
and it's very accurate and has semi-auto and fully automatic capabilities. So my opinion, that was the first assault rifle. And then we have the Storm Sturmgur 44, and this weapon was the first, like, I want to say mass-produced rifle. And this I led to the development of all the assault rifles today. And Sturmgur 44 was, again, 30-round magazine. The cartridge was in between rifle and pistol. It was very accurate, had semi-automatic fire, had fully automatic fire, and had a pistol grip. And this was a huge leap forward in military technology because this allowed a soldier to not only have the capabilities of a semi-automatic rifle, but also have the capabilities of a submachine gun. Um, this allowed them to have fully automatic fire and also to have semi-auto fire whenever the occasion permitted. So this was basically like having a one-man army, poor to say. Um, in the past, you'd have to have someone with a machine gun that was supporting the other troops with, uh, with um, rifles, but now you could have one troop, one soldier, I should say, that could do it all with one weapon. And this was a huge leap forward in technology, and it led to the development of every single assault rifle that you see today. And the next assault rifle I'll talk about, you've all been waiting for it, is of course the AK-47. And the AK-47 came out in 1947, as the name suggests, and it is made in Russia. And the Russians came up with this development. And the reason that the AK-47 was so good is it was reliable. Um, it could be thrown into a mud pit, pulled back out, and be able to shoot just fine. And this made it an amazing weapon for soldiers fighting in horrible conditions. Um, it was very rare, ports to say, before then, to have a weapon that could be thrown in harsh conditions to be able to perform. The M1 Grand could perform well, and most bolt-action rifles up to that point could perform well in hard conditions, but other weapons would often jam and malfunction when they were given the harsh life of a gun in the army. But the AK-47 was an exception to that rule. Um, the AK-47 was reliable as action would work when it was dirty, like I said before. And what made it so widely used is the fact that it was cheap. And it could easily arm an army just like that. And like I said before, it was... They'd have semi-automatic fire. They could have fully automatic fire. And this was a huge leap forward. Because before with uh, Storm Gore 44, um, only the Germans had it at the time. And even then, every soldier could not get their hands on one. By the end of the war, some soldiers were still using bolt-action rifles. But at this point in time, the AK-47 was arming 
whole armies, whole armies would have these weapons that could do it all. And this made, I should say, fighting more dangerous. And this was, like I said before, just a huge leap forward in military technology. And this led to the lineage of assault rifles um, from that point up to the modern modern day and the next rifle I'll talk about is the AKM this came out in 1959 it is almost the same virtually the same except for a few changes to the AK-47 um, again the action was very simple it was very reliable um, and this was like still to this day, I believe, don't count me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is the world's most used assault rifles, the AKM. And in fact, many weapons that people say, that's an AK-47, is actually an AKM. And the a AKM is basically an AK, and the M stands for modernized. So which is kind of funny because it came out in the 50s. But <laughs> for that time, it was a modernized AK-47, which is where it got its name. Um, this had a 30 round magazine fired again, a bullet in between a rifle and a pistol round. And yeah. So the next weapon I'll talk about came from the Americans. So this was the M14. The M14 was like a, I don't want to say supersized, but modified M1 Garand, Garand, sorry, almost. It was basically a M1 Garand. And they stuck a 14-round magazine in it and put fully automatic fire on it. It still had the traditional rifle look. And, yeah. But it had a 20-round magazine and it had fully automatic fire, which put it closer to um, assault rifle, but not quite there. Yeah, its bullet, uh, this round it fired, was, again, in between a rifle and a pistol round. And so that... So it's like super close to being a assault rifle, but not quite. I, that's in my opinion again. But the first true American-made assault rifle that was in service is, of course, the M16. And the M16, 30-round magazine, um, rounded between pistol and rifle. So far, what's happened, what you've heard from every assault rifle basically from the AK-47 on. Um, but the main difference between the M16 and the AK-47 was its reliability. Like I said before, the AK-47 or the AKM could be literally thrown into a mud pit, pulled out two hours later and be able to function just fine. The M16, on the other hand, was susceptible to dirt. It would break down, it would jam. And the comparison, I have to think, I can't remember where I heard this, Oh, it was in a documentary somewhere, and it compared the M16 um, to the AKM, so it's AK-47, as a pickup truck and a sports car. The M16 was made to be very accurate um, and like a very well-made weapon, and the AKM or AK-47 was made to be tough. Um, it wasn't as accurate, but it was reliable. You could throw a dent in it, it would still work fine, it would still be good. Um, and that became clear in the Vietnam War when the American M16s would malfunction when they were 
thrown in dirt. And this led to the development of the M16A2, which was a more reliable version of the M16, where they worked out the reliability issues of the original M16. Um, so around this era, the Vietnam era, uh, Cold War era, countries started coming up with their own assault rifles. And almost every assault rifle you'll see will have a 30-round magazine. And uh, most, like, most um, Eastern weapons from Russia and East um, Europe will have slightly different am ammunition than the NATO ammunition, which is 0.219 inches. So, oh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, 0.219 inches. That's the standard ammunition for NATO. Um, so NATO, for those of you who don't know, is most of Europe, Canada, and the United States. So all those countries have the same ammunition. And that ammunition, again, falls right in between, not right, I should say, but in between a rifle and a pistol cartridge. So around that time, countries were coming out with their own assault rifles and um, producing them. So the, M or the AK-47, I shouldn't say it was phased out because countries still use the AK-47 all the time, but it was definitely... Um, not as highly used because countries were coming out with their own assault rifles. So, like I said, around this point, it gets confusing. Um, countries start coming up with their own assault rifles. Um, I'll just talk about a few more that you might have heard of, and then we'll wrap it up. So the Colt M4, shortened M16. It's basically all it is. It's just shortened M16. The British came out with the... Oh, I'm blanking on the name. They came out first with the SLR which was a 20 round magazine and that was a really that was a assault rifle to classify even though it had a 20 round magazine instead of the standard 30 round magazine and the british came out with the SLR and that was a bullpup configuration so it looks a little different i mean the magazine is behind the trigger assembly which the main advantage of bullpup is the barrel can or the gun can be shorter but can still be accurate because the barrel's long. And this weapon again uh, had the same third round magazine, same bullet as every gun we've talked about after the AK 47. So that's about all I have for you guys today. So basically, the lineage of assault rifles all the way from the BAR up to Vietnam War. And after the Vietnam, it just gets, Vietnam War, it just gets confusing. <laughs> so a lot, this information I got for this podcast is from the Small Arms Visual Encyclopedia. Um, has more than 800 illustrations. Says that on the title. Um, it's actually a really great book. Um, it tells you weapons all the way from the dawn of time up to the 2000s. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. It's by Martin J. Doherty. I think that's how you say his name, but don't take my word for it. Um, again, great book. Highly recommend it.
And that's about it for today. Thank you so much for watching. Again, this is the Military History Podcast, and I am your host, Seth Chamberlain. I'll see you next time for another fun adventure in military technology. See ya. Hey, guys. It's the Military Technology Podcast, and it takes a lot of money to keep my computer charged and to keep these lights on up here and to charge my phone. So we have to bring in some sponsors. So this week's sponsor is pretty cool, if I do say so myself. And here's what they have to say. Has your fork ever been stuck in the disposal when you turned it on and you pulled it out and it was a bent, tangled mess? Well, with Disposal Fork, you will not have that trouble ever again. That's right, never again. Our quality paper forks are meant to go right through your disposal and into the sewage system with no problems. So whenever you forget to get your fork out of the bottom of the sink when you're doing the dishes, your fork will go right through the disposal and you won't even know it's there. If you go to our website at www.disposeoffork.com and enter the code FORK, F-O-R-K, you will get 50% off your first order. Hey guys, Seth, just want to say thanks for listening to the Military Technology Podcast. Hope to see you next time.